0: Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T. The show where we talk how to live occupationally and how to engage children and adults with incorporating necessary fine motor skills and functional life skills. I'm your host, Mr. T. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. Tonight is the last episode, God willing. Mirza before we take our brief hiatus. And then after the brief hiatus, God willing, we'll come back. We'll Finish off, God willing, we their school therapy tips. Then we'll take our real summer hiatus. And with the beginning of the new school year, God willing, we'll talk more school therapy tips and even more school therapy tips with the help of yourtherapysource.com. And then we'll move over to OT's role in many... Areas with the help of AOTA, God willing. Remember, April is OT month, so spread word about OT in general. Occupational therapy obviously is fantastic, as we think here on our show. Spread word about our show as well. I also wanted to mention a fantastic product that I saw today, going across just different things, and I saw it's called Zubits Z U. B-I-T-S. A lot of times I find a product here and there I like to share it with you. Not that they're sponsors or anything, which would be fantastic. Just a cool thing to use. If you have kids that find it difficult to tie their shoelaces, even though OT is a huge component of shoelace tying, tying their shoelaces, sometimes there are some kids that just can't do it for whatever reason. It's too many steps involved. It's too hard for them. It's too difficult for Various reasons. We want the kids to be as independent and as functional as possible. So when you make the decision, or the therapist makes the decision, the parent makes the decision that shoelace tying shoot. Tying the shoelace, excuse me, is not happening at this point. What can we do to make them independent, and functional, without having to do the process that they can't get? Let them wear the shoes, but let them have it in a functional way. If they don't want to do slip-ons, they don't want to buy the vans that have the laces that are already in. They want real shoelaces, but they can't tie them. Let them use the Zubit. It's a very cool product, not expensive. You could find it on Amazon. Guaranteed to work. It takes two magnets and pulls them together. So you pull it up, they disconnect. You click it together, they connect. So the kid can use the shoes, can use the shoelaces, but doesn't have to be held back without tying the shoes. So use that product if you want. There are many others out there also that allows you to have real shoes. There are other uh, ideas also besides slip-ons or the like. We just wanted to mention it here. And now we're going to talk five tips to help children follow motor commands with the help of yourtherapysource.com, and if we have some time, we'll also talk a few ways to develop spatial awareness. Do you ever find yourself wondering why he or she, the student, my son, my daughter... Isn't doing what I am telling them to do? Some children have difficulty following directions to carry out a motor skill, to carry out a motor task. It's not that they're being defined. It's not that they're looking at you and just not listening. Sometimes they just can't do it. So we need to think of some simple tips with the help of yourtherapysource.com to help children to follow motor commands and directions first idea make sure you have the child's attention when you ask him or her to follow a direction reduce the distractions in the room if there are 17 kids running around the room and you ask michael to set up the board for you how's he supposed to focus when when diane is screaming and charlie's throwing a ball out the window you know if there's so much going on around it's hard for him to focus make sure to minimize reduce the distractions in the room then repeat the motor command a second time in clear, concise directions. It has to be simple directions. You can't say 15 things, then pause and see if he understands. you got to do quick, concise, clear, and maybe then they'll be able to get it. For example, instead of saying go across the mat, walk over the beam, then step down, try to state walk On the beam. You got to keep it simple. You got to keep it direct. In general, when we work in 75, District 75 in the Board of Ed, when we work with children that have difficulties, that have special needs, we have to keep things down to one or two step directives, one or two step directions. And in general ed with kids also, we can't give them 17 instructions. We have to break it down to one two, three steps depending on the age. So if you give them so many things to do, it's hard to follow the motor command. Go to the garbage, open the garbage can, put the garbage pail in, close the garbage can and come back. Would be very hard for many kids to understand. But if you say take this bag and put it outside the door and then once we do that, take it from the door, put it in the pail. Once you do that, close the pail, and then come back. You break it down into simpler steps, allowing them to understand what's going on. Then model the action that you need completed. Instead of stating jump over the line, demonstrate jumping over the line. A lot of times we need to model the actions. We need to show the actions. Demonstrate with with real action what's going on. A lot of times they say when it comes to parenting, kids listen to what you do more than what you say. If you say, do as I say, it's not as effective as say as as do as I do. Basically, you have to model the behavior, and then they'll see. You want kids to be kind. You want them to be caring. You want them to be giving. Model that behavior. Show the action instead of stating the action. Words are a dime a di- Are you could say thousands of words, but the action itself is more powerful than the words. You model the action. You give the visual cue. They give the ability to see what you want done, and then they could get it done. Then you allow time for a child to process the motor command. If you say the command and you expect them to do it within the first 15 milliseconds, not so realistic. You've got to state the direction and count to 10 as you wait for a response. Sometimes they need to process, they need to let it click. The gears in the mind have to turn over and process the idea, and then they could execute the idea. In today's day and age, we're always about the immediate gratification where we want the result now. I remember when the internet was coming out when I was a kid it was like a mahai, it was a wonderful thing to be able to get on the internet after 30 minutes of hearing dur, 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 to get online but now if the internet's not working within 30 seconds we get very upset we get very frustrated everything has to be in its own mindset we have to think things in its own term we have to realize and understand how things are and we have to put things into perspective so for kids also we gotta let the modem process we gotta let the direction allowed to be working out in their mind. And then we should provide encouragement for any attempt at following the motor commands. If it is a multi-step, more than one step, more than two steps even, if it is a multi-step motor command and the child only follows step one, repeat step two and three with clear directions, And model the action if necessary. You want him to do something, let him learn how to do it in the right way. We're also going to talk a little bit about spatial awareness. Spatial awareness is the ability to understand and interact with the environment around you, whether it be avoiding obstacles when walking, reaching out to grab a pencil or determining left from right, And these are all examples of tasks that require spatial awareness. Developing the skills to express and understand spatial awareness is the first step in understanding spatial abilities such as math skills, visual perceptual skills, and body awareness. So a few quick tips in our last two minutes. Five activities to help encourage the development of the spatial awareness is an obstacle course. To negotiate the obstacle course requires a significant amount of spatial awareness. Vary the courses, grading them up or down, harder or easier. According to the ability to move over, under, and around objects, very easy to do this in the house even. You get some cones, you get different objects to put in their way, see if they can get around it. Build and create. Use Legos, blocks, and puzzles. Try Tangam puzzles, T-A-N-G-A-M. Research has shown that parents who participated in guided block play with their children had significantly higher proportions of spatial talk. Guided block play consisted of playing with the blocks along with guided instructions for how to build different structures. Practice completing patterns. Lay out different objects in a pattern for example example, stuffed animal ball. Stuffed animal ball. Ask the child to find the object that comes next in the pattern. Move your body in different patterns. Squat, stand, arm sc- circles. Squat, stand, arm circles. You could also do movement games. Participate in any type of movement game where children have to move around obstacles or friends such as tag or hide and go seek. The ability to move around stationary objects is quite different than around moving objects which are unpredictable. And lastly, provide verbal descriptions. Offer many opportunities to, for children children to hear descriptions of where they are or where objects are in relation to each other like the pencil is on the right side of the desk or let's step over the log play games that require children to follow directions such as moving a game piece forward 6 spaces do the hokey pokey dance or play Simon says just a few ideas and tips With the help of yourtherapysource.com, we're going to take a brief hiatus and we'll come back. We'll see you soon and come back when we talk to how to help children reach their goals and develop hand dominance here on OT Talk with Mr. T. And I'm your host, Mr. T.